Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Our next guest grew up in the mean streets of Westland, dribbling basketballs, running hills. His work ethic has become legendary. Dana Altman came on the show not too long ago and talked about it. Peyton Pritchard in the NBA with the Boston Celtics. He's got a lot going on this summer. We're going to talk all about it. Peyton Pritchard joining us. How are you, man? Good. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, let's go back to the work ethic. Let's just go get myth and what is true about Peyton Pritchard, 6 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, whatever time you were in the gym as a kid. Give us the real story. How young were you? When were you in the gym? And and why were you in the gym? Um, you know, honestly, no four o'clock, so we can we can put that out there, <laughs> put it right out there. Uh, but I think from a, probably like sixth grade on, I knew I had a a love for basketball. I played other sports, but I think basketball is my favorite. And um, I would go in before school, work out with my dad. Um, and my brother Anthony, and then sometimes at lunch and then after. Then obviously that just kind of carried on once I started to figure out things, how to get better and stuff, and then obviously the stories in college and later in high school, uh, most of those are true. Um, but it's the reason why I'm where I am today. Did it was did it feel like work to you? I, I know that sounds silly because, like, there were some, some reports like, you, you know, your hands were bleeding, and I know it's early in the morning. Or do you enjoy the workouts? A hundred percent. Now, is is it tough? For sure. And it's a grind. But, you know, I think I had, I realized I had a passion for it. And every time I would go in, you know, I looked at it as it was part of my journey to make it to where I am today and keep on going. So I knew without the work, I wouldn't be here. So um, I knew it was going to pay off. Peyton Pritchard with us. Uh, you know, I was asking the last segment advice that people would give to high school graduates and college graduates you know you have been down those roads you're now a professional working in the real world or at least the nba real world but what would you go back and, and tell kids who are graduating high school and graduating college uh you know about what advice would you give them to athletes graduating high school and college Ath- athletes or maybe even just regular regular folks you know i would i would say to try to figure out your passion and and dream big and go for it whatever that is i think you should you know i think i used to hear all the time people used to be like have a plan b and i don't really believe in that i think whatever your passion is you go all in on it and if you fail try again but i think that's okay it's part of life it's failing and figuring it out so whatever it is in life you know put put all your eggs in one basket and go for it there were a lot of people watch you guys in that series uh, with the Heat, and of course, a lot of people rooting for Boston and rooting to see you on the court. What was that series like for you guys? And falling down behind three zip, and then coming back and tying it, and uh, you know, it felt like whiplash. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say this whole year has been an emotional roller coaster, and uh, that kind of series kind of sums it up for our year i mean going down 3-0 battling back going 3-3 and then obviously we didn't get it done but i think i look back at this year and it, it was still a wonderful year and making the eastern conference finals is 
is a, a great accomplishment, but obviously we had bigger dreams and, and goals, but it's always next year. When you guys uh, look at that series, uh, you know, and I know that when we watch it on television or maybe even when you were in college looking at the NBA, but, you know, how different is it when you're in the league and you're amid a series like that and you sort of feel the, um, you know, the, the, the pressure and the stage uh, and the spotlight? I mean, we've we played in it so much now. I've, I was actually telling somebody that's like after Game Seven, that was the 14th game Eastern Conference Final that I've been a part of. So in the last, been in the league for three years. So at the time, you kind of get used to it because you've been in it so much. But um, you know, you kind of can't ride the waves. I mean, one game people think you're going to win the championship. You lose the next game, people think you're going, you know, you're not going to win another game. So I think part of it is just not riding the waves and just being in the moment every game and going out there and competing. Dana Altman told me in the off season, right at the end of the season, he's looking for guys who will get in the gym like you were in the gym and work hard. And he's struggling a little bit to find guys like that. Maybe, maybe kids are changing. I don't know. You're, you're not that far out of college, but as you look back, like, you know, um, do you think young kids are willing to work for it anymore? I think they are. I think uh, we have somebody, my little brother Jackson Shell said, "Will will yep. he'll work like that?" So, looking forward to seeing his journey and stuff. But, um, you know, every coach wants people to work like that. But I also know, you know, coach wants people to work how I worked. But I wouldn't be in the position I am and where I am without my work ethic. So I would like to think that, you know, I put in a lot more time than most. But I know how coach is, and you know, he wants guys to be consistent and work hard, and as every other coach. Peyton Pritchard with us. Uh, three NBA seasons in the books. Uh, you are going to be coming home this summer, uh, June 27th through the 29th, and August 1st through the 3rd, Westland High School Hoops Camp. Um, what what makes you want to participate and, and come back to your hometown? Uh, just giving back. I get to go back home and give back to the same community that gave me so much and, and supported me uh, through this, this journey. And so this is a small thing I can do and come back and, you know, allow the kids to come out and learn and compete and give them, you know, just summertime and just have fun out there. How much, you know, what will you focus on? Or, you know, maybe as you talk to, I think your dad's going to be out there as well, but, what, you know, how what what kind of fundamentals will you focus on? Or is this just about, you know, showing kids, introducing some kids to the game and, and making it fun? Well, I think it's different for every kid. I mean, you know, every kid is at a different uh learning level that some are new to basketball some have been playing it for a while so i think you know it's different for each one and i think the coaches that will be there um will be able to identify that and and help out with that but i think really the biggest thing is just giving them an outlet to come and compete and have fun like i did at that age and go out there and you know try to win games and i don't know just kind of live yeah, you know, it it's fun to watch you play. I think people wanted to see you on the court more. How, you know, how do those conversations go for you as you're leaving exit interview season ends? Do you get a chance to talk to the coaching staff and and figure out where your role is and what needs to happen this off season or is it uh is it, you know, is it business like or is it is it, you know, do you have those talks? Um we've started them. Um I think there's a there's a lot of things in the works, and I don't know what, what the future looks like yet, but um, that's kind of something I just let my agent handle, and uh, 
but I love I love Boston. I love being a Celtic. Obviously, it's a it's a great organization, but ultimately, uh, I think I can play in this league and really contribute. So, if that's in Boston or or somewhere else, I think you know that's my biggest goal and dream is just to be a part of that. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, and I think too that so much of that is out of your control, right? I mean, if you get caught up in that, it can really consume you. Oh, 100%. I think uh, that was the biggest learning experience for me this year is, you know, not letting that consume you, like you said. But it is, you know, the NBA level is a lot of things out of control. And as a player, you got to focus on just your work. And, and when you do get an opportunity, going out there and uh, doing your best. And so that's kind of what I've just focused on this year. From the outside, Peyton, as everyone else was looking at Boston, you know, there was a coaching change, and then, you know, some assistant coaches are leaving. Damon Stoudemire goes to Georgia Tech, really happy for him. But how much did that kind of turmoil or, or turnover affect you or affect, you know, just the team in general? I, I have to think it, it that stuff matters. I mean, I think it's just a lot of things that went on this year. Um, you know, a lot of – I think we were always – in the news, you know, there's a, so much people like to say drama and stuff like yeah. that, but I think we really handled it, our team, really well. We stayed together, and we actually had a great regular season, great year, you know, made a, a deep playoff run to so Eastern Conference Finals, but like I said, it just it didn't work out how we had planned it, and I think that's – we just chalk it up to that. But I think no matter what, looking forward to the future, the Celtics, if I'm part of it or not, they're going to be great regardless. Peyton Pritchard with us. Uh, again, he will be participating, he and his dad, with the Peyton Pritchard basketball camp. Uh, for those interested, uh, I will tweet out a link to it, but uh, uh, a couple of opportunities for you to get involved if you want to uh, see Peyton or participate June 27th through the 29th, August 1st through the 3rd at Westland High School. Um, you know, I know this is a long way into the future, but you ever want to coach? I mean, you're running camps, your dad's in this, like, you do you think you are you'll be around basketball forever? No, I don't. I don't have a desire <laughs> to coach. No, I, I tell I tell people all the time. Once I'm, you know, I'm playing. I'm playing in, in the NBA for for a long time, and you know, giving everything I got. Once I'm done, I think I'm I'm done, and I'll find a new hobby. But I love the game so much, and I give it so much. But by that time, I think I'll look forward to a, a next step in life. Do you think? Because you're such a competitor. Do you think that you have to find something competitive as that hobby? A hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely got to find something that's competitive, and it's kind of just my nature. I like just competing, and so I'm gonna have to figure it out. But I got a lot of time before then, so that's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, I could see you playing pickleball over there in uh, Westland in one of those parks. In, you know, seventy <laughs> years old, uh, carving exactly. it up. Peyton Pritchard exactly. with us. All right, you mentioned Jackson Shellstad. We're we're going to see him go to Oregon. You know him well. Uh, you know the, we've had him on the show just like you back in the day when you were in high school. He used to call in. Um, he is uh, a lot of people are excited to see him play. How soon do you think he can contribute uh, at Oregon? Right away, right away. I think he'll first day on campus. He'll be a contributor and a you know a, a leader on that on that group and. Um, be a big part of Oregon's future. So I think he's a tremendous player, and he's creating his own journey, his own path, and, you know, hopefully one day I'll be playing against him in the league. Yeah, it was kind of exciting to see Wes Lynn playing against Sierra Canyon and, 
and uh, you know the, some of the best teams in the country and uh, at that Les Schwab tournament. Did you notice that, or were you so immersed in the NBA season that it's hard for you hard. to pay attention? No, no, I definitely noticed. I always, I always kept notes and watched, uh, see what was happening with them, and obviously, great run, went in the LSI, and was super happy for them. Then I actually made it back down for the. I was hurt at the time, so I was able to make it down to the state championship game, um, which was great, even though they didn't obviously finish it. But uh, it was great to go back and support them. All right, Peyton, I really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, obviously it'll be fun for some people here in uh, in July and August to see you at the camps. So for people who want to get involved, again, uh, Peyton Pritchard coming back home to help some kids at Westland High School. Peyton, hey, thanks for giving us your time, and we'll check in with you You know, once we figure out what's happening with you and uh, what kind of uniform Perfect. you're going to be wearing. I appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Thanks, John. All right, you bet. Peyton Pritchard, there he goes. Uh, three NBA seasons in the books sounded to me, Stephen, like he could be a guy in a different uniform. What do you, uh, what did you make of that? Yeah, uh, I sounded that way. And you know what? I tell you what, I wouldn't hate to see him in a, uh, you know, rip city Jersey. Uh, you know, I think he'd be a great fit actually, you know, coming off the bench. He talks about, you know, just wanting to roll how he can play in this league. I think that he can, you know, he, he's proven that, but with Boston, there's just not a lot of spots to really play. Portland's always been looking for that backup point guard, right? A guy that can dribble, can knock down some shots. You'll be a competitor. I, I think Peyton actually would fit perfectly here in Portland. So, uh, you know, I may I may have heard some things that Portland might be interested as well. So that would be, I think it would be a good fit. You know, even as I look at sort of the rumors in the NBA, which you can only uh, look so far into, uh, there's one proposal has him going to the Lakers for Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, and, you know, does he fit on a team like that? Uh, you know, it, where do you see his role being? Let's start with there. What kind of role can he, you know, he's 25. He desires a bigger role. He said that, you know, he's made it clear that, you know, with his agent, his agent is saying, you know, that he'd be open to being traded. Um, he's buried in a lineup that's got, you know, Derek White, Marcus Smart, and others. Uh, you know, where do you see him? Well, he's become such a good shooter, and I think when he went to Oregon, he was a very hesitant. Like he was, he always could shoot the basketball, but he was very hesitant to take the shot. And then when he actually got to Oregon, his shooting wasn't quite there. It was, you know, halfway through his junior year, he became a really elite three point shooter, and that's just gotten so much better as he's gotten to the NBA. So he can always shoot the basketball, which is one thing a lot of people can't do in the NBA. Now, if you can't shoot, you can't play, and he can shoot, so he can play that way. And I've always said he's one of the smartest players I've ever watched play basketball. Like he, the, the guy understands where to be on the court offensively defensively for all you know the fact that he may not be the most athletic guy he's going to figure it out because of how smart he is i think he fits a role perfectly as a backup in the nba as a backup point guard who's not going to make a lot of mistakes he can come in knock down some shots if you need him to he's one of those guys where you know he can get hot and he hit three or four threes in a quarter and really swing a game for you but it's not going to be consistent you know 15 point not again a game a night guy that's just not going to be his role, and I don't think he's. I don't think he's that type of player. I don't think he would even admit he's that type of player. So I think I think he can help a good team coming off the bench and being a little spark plug off the bench, but also being a guy that you know you can give him the basketball. He can run the offense, and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Where you see that happen in you know the playoffs, these teams that lose they turn the ball over a lot. You know, Golden State turns the ball over a lot, and that's what costs them against the Lakers. Payton's a guy that doesn't really turn the ball over, so you know I think he can definitely fit in with a good team or even with a team you know that is uh, rebuilding. And, you know, he can be almost that veteran leader who's been around a good franchise in the Celtics and knows what it takes to win this league. 
Yeah, and I just think he's had some so many great moments, and we saw him with such consistency at Oregon where people said, oh, he, you know, again, people said, well, he's not that athletic. He won't be a Pac-12 star. Well, he ended up being a star. Not only ended up being a star, he ended up being a first-round draft pick. And then he goes to Boston, and people said, well, he'll never play. You know what? He did find his way onto the court, and when he did, he played well. And so now I think he's in a position where he's looking for a roster where he can just fit a little better. And I thought, it, you know, and look, his agent is not being shy about it. His agent is openly saying he's open to a trade. He'd like to be somewhere else. You know, there's a log jam there. And I think Boston, if they're smart, they uh, try to get better and fill another need. But uh, Peyton Pritchard of Portland, let's start that right here. I'll go for that. Leave it here. Get the BFT. Our big splash is next. Good stuff from Peyton Pritchard uh, last segment. If you are uh, interested in the podcast, that interview, you want to share it with friends, family, grab the podcast of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show wherever you find it. Um, the uh, uh, Damian Lillard's future, I shouldn't say the, uh, but Damian Lillard's future is become a daily source of conversation. Our big splash today deals with Chris Haynes, who uh, is a reporter for Yahoo Sports. He joined the Dan Patrick Show, but... Let's play the benchmark. This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The Big Splash. Well, we got C.J. McCollum yesterday on first take saying that if he were a betting man, he'd bet that Dame's days in Portland are coming to an end. You got Damian Lillard saying he expects to be in Portland. How about Chris Haynes on the Dan Patrick Show? You know, I, I speak with Dame pretty frequently um, about basketball, about life in general. But, you know, we, we, we talk about – he will agree that this is kind of like a, a crossroads situation right here. The Portland Trailblazers have the number three pick. Damian Lillard wants to win. He wants to win now. He wants to compete for a, a title. I don't think he believes that um, – taking that pick and keeping it is going to do them any service in the now. So I think, you know, what the Portland Trailblazers decide to do with that pick will dictate. Well, let's Damian say they Lillard. take Scoot Henderson. If you're Dame Lillard, do you want to stay? If I'm, if I'm Dame Lillard, based off of what he said, if they take, if they keep that pick, whether it's Scoot or anybody else, yeah. if they keep that pick, I think a serious conversation will be had about potentially parting ways. Potentially parting ways, serious conversation. I don't hear an ultimatum. I hear Damian Lillard saying he would be disappointed with that and want to have a conversation. I suspect it's why the Blazers are bringing him into the pre-draft workouts, making him feel included, making him watch players like Scoot Henderson say, hey, look, don't you see how good he is? Don't you think he could also be part of the short term and the long term? Steven, how are you reading what Chris Haynes is saying? Yeah, I mean, it just goes with kind of what Dame's been saying the whole time, right? Like, you know, he won't fully say, well, you know, trade for a player at the third pick or I'm out. Like, Chris Haynes did the same thing. Like, if if the Blazers draft someone at three, there's a serious conversation. But it's not <laughs> it's not finite, right? Like, it's not, it's not an ultimatum like you said. And so it just – it goes back to, you know, Dame, Dame's never lied, right? Like, that's the thing about Damian Lillard is – you can say a lot of things about him, but the guy has never really lied about anything about his future. So, you know, when he says he expects to be in Portland, he probably expects to be in Portland. But at the same time, 
that must mean that he thinks the Blazers are going to make a trade because by all other reports and by his own voice, he they said if the Blazers draft someone at three, he he's not going to be happy about it. So I don't know. I, I just take away that Dame wants the Blazers to draft or uh, to trade someone at number three, and I think he's putting – the, the way Dame puts pressure on it is by doing these interviews and having Chris Haynes go out and talk about it. I think that's the way Dame is going about it. And if the Blazers really do pick a guy at three, I think they're going to call Dame on his bluff and say, hey, man, like, what do you want to do at this point now? I, I just kind of wonder, too, there's something else going on in the background here. We all know that Paul Allen died in 2018. His sister's got the team. Burt Cold is kind of running the team. Joe Cronin is the hand-picked GM who – is you know the GM in name and maybe the GM for real, and you know I I kind of wonder who's making the decision on that front. Like as Damian Lillard is saying, uh, you know essentially here's what Chris Haynes said again. If you're Dame Lillard, do you want to stay? If I'm if I'm Dame Lillard, based off of what he said, if they take if they keep that pick, whether it's Scoot or anybody else, yeah. if they keep that pick. I think a serious conversation will be had about potentially parting ways. See, I, I don't see that as I want out. I think a serious conversation will be had about potentially parting ways. And he also I, he also yeah. said that's what that's what Dame said. Like he yeah. said, this is what Damian Lillard said, because that's what he's literally said is, you know what, I don't want to pick at three. I don't want another nineteen year old. So like I don't know. I feel like it's kind of the same thing over and over, but it's I think it's Dame kind of campaigning to yes. the Blazers and campaigning to the fans of, look, they need to trade this pick for a veteran player. Like they have to do this. Is why what won't I he want. come out and say that? Why? Like why won't? Why is he sending Chris Haynes and CJ McCollum as messengers here? Because we've seen what happens in the NBA when guys demand things. It turns out bad. I mean, Kevin Durant, you know, for all the all the bad things he does by having burner accounts, I guess, like all he wanted to do is win a championship at Golden State, and we kill him for it. Like I, I think Dane just doesn't want to make fans mad and make the you know the NBA Twitter crowd say, oh, well, this guy, you know, and make jokes about it that this guy needs help and this guy, you know, he wants, he's demanding these things. I just think, I just think it's more of an image thing for him right now because he has this image of, you know, he, he's so loyal to Portland and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's really going to be interesting, but I don't hear, like I kept waiting for Chris Haynes. I want to, I'm just going to play this. Dan Patrick asked him if they keep the pick, if they make the pick at three, you know, does Dame want out? If I'm, if I'm Dame Lillard, Based off of what he said, if they take, if they keep that pick, whether it's Scoot or anybody else, yeah. if they keep that pick, and I want to be traded. <laughs> you know, no, that's not what he said. Because serious conversation would be had about a serious conversation would be had. You know, now now could it be like what we talked about yesterday? Dame actually trying to help out the Blazers because he has so much respect for them. Maybe and that, the fact that he doesn't want to hurt their leverage maybe maybe he's got a gentleman's agreement maybe his agent has a gentleman's agreement we will not ask for a trade we'll only go as far as to say we want to have a serious conversation you know it's like my my seven-year-old daughter uh, uh you know she'll be doing something i don't want her to do and i'll say you need to knock that off and then i'll go one two and then she'll look me in the eyes and she'll go dad nothing happens at three <laughs> It's like with my kids, you know, the little one punches the big one, and I'm like, hey, don't hit your brother, and then he pushes him, and I say, well, don't hit him. He goes, I didn't. I pushed him. Yeah. Like, it's it's the technicality. Like, Dame, yeah. Dame wants out, but he won't technically ask out, so he's yeah. never technically going to do it, 
but he's going to have these serious conversations with the Blazers. Yeah, when when your dad gets home, there's going to be a serious conversation. The threat of it feels worse than the reality of it. Like what, you know, a serious conversation with Damian Lillard would be a conversation going, hey, Dame, why don't you pick up the phone and lobby for other NBA free agents to come to Portland? Shouldn't they be having serious conversations already? Like that, yes. Like they should already be doing this. They should have been doing this for years. Every conversation the Blazers have should be a serious conversation right now. Hey, we were really bad. We're embarrassed about how bad we were. Let's have a serious conversation about getting better at every position. That's the, the end game is that both the franchise and the player both want things to be better next season, but the reality is, like, here's where, again, I got, you know, we're going to disagree on this, Stephen, but I come back to ownership. And if you've got a Phil Knight character, Alan Smolinski, you have a winner and a winner in the ownership chair. I have more confidence if I'm Damian Lillard that these guys can pull off anything. Instead, you've got the sister of the deceased former owner, and you got his college roommate in that seat. The way you put it, it's hard to argue it. But, <laughs> you know, uh, come on. I mean, but yeah. but also with you know with Jody Allen, Burt Cold in, in charge, Dame can kind of do whatever he wants. Can Dame pull a power move with Phil Knight? I don't know that he can. Phil Knight does not like to be played. And that I, that I that. think Dame may not like. I can tell you that he is not to be trifled with. I have uh, I have heard many stories. Very fair, very cordial. Do not cross him. Do not play him. Uh, you know, he does not like to be played. Uh, keep an eye on this. Punch It Audio is coming up. We got great sound from all around. We'll talk some NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and beyond. You got the bald face truth? I appreciate it. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the bald face hey, sorry truth. to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.